0: You're listening to Ladies Who League. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Episode 5 of Ladies Who League. It's a bit of an unusual one this weekend because I'm podcasting live from Coffs Harbour because I'm here for Touch Football's National Touch League 2016. But more about that tomorrow, I thought before we'd get to that that I'd do a little bit of a Mary's mix-up because it's been a massive week in sport this week. Last weekend we spoke about our very talented Matildas who are on the brink of qualifying for Rio, so it certainly wouldn't be a Ladies Who League podcast without mention to the girls this morning. Here we are one week later and I can finally celebrate the Matildas qualifying for Rio for the first time in 12 years. The girls had four straight victories as most of you will know so they defeated Japan 3-1 first, then Vietnam 9-0, Korea Republic 2-0 and finally on Monday night the Democratic People's Republic of Korea 2-1. I could spend a lot of time talking about the talent on the field, names like Kai Simons, Michelle Heyman, Lisa Devana and Lydia Williams, but what I think I'd actually like to talk about is the tremendous joy that this victory has brought. Last Saturday morning I had Britt Carter in the studio and she mentioned you know, how disappointed she was about the lack of coverage for the Matildas, despite them being so close to qualifying for Rio. And how much the tide has sort of turned in one week because it now seems that it's all the paper's can talk about. Um, there was a tremendous picture on Wednesday, which I shared and which I'll share one more time, celebrating the Matildas and and the impact that they're having on girls playing football in Australia. So the, fa- the best stat that I sort of found was that there are currently 5,500 girls playing soccer each week for 27 clubs and in 460 teams. Um, that participation is much bigger than females in all other codes of football combined. So a big congratulations to the Matildas, and I'm looking forward to following their March to Rio over the next couple of months. The next thing that I sort of wanted to have a chat about was, in case you missed the memo, it was also International Women's Day this week on Tuesday. Now for me, International Women's Day is a pretty special day and it always marks an opportunity for me to celebrate sort of how far we've come when it comes to gender equality in this country, but it also serves as a pretty startling reminder of sort of how, we have to, how far we have to go. Um, I was honoured this week to have attended the UN Women's Day Breakfast with the NRL and the likes of Suzanne Young and Raylene Castle. But I have to be honest, um, there was something that happened at that breakfast that sort of really got on my nerves. And that was that a journalist sort of approached the table and asked whether he could interview one of the people sitting at the table. And one of his first questions was, hmm, what's it like to be a female in rugby league? Isn't the NRL just a really blokey sport? Now that comment really bothers me because I think it's a real generalization, and it you know it comes from people that don't really understand the strides that the NRL has made when it comes to female participation. So I thought I'd hit you with with some stats this morning. Um, so women are the biggest influence group in the game today. Last year there was a twenty two percent growth in female participation, and there were four hundred and eleven thousand four hundred and ten women and girls playing rugby league. Um, women make up 40% of 90,000 rugby league volunteers and make up 39% of the game's administration. So, the next time someone makes that generalisation, can you all do me a favour and point out that we've got women sitting on our boards like Marina Goh? Um, could you point out Raylene Castle leading the Bulldogs and Suzanne Young, who has fiercely led our game at a COO level? Could you have a chat about Belinda Sleeman and Casey Badger, our fearless referees? And a big shout out to Casey Badger. It's actually her birthday today. And then tell them about the Jillaroos and all our female um, volunteers, because it's pretty clear to me that there are opportunities for women in all levels of the rugby league family. And as a code, we just need to get a little bit better at spreading those messages. Um, SBS Zilla also gets a big shout out this week because they really got into the spirit of International Women's Day and shared some messages from, f- from some of my favourite sportswomen about what they wanted from International Women's Day. So I thought I'd share some of those highlights. Um, from Jessica Fox, all I want for International Women's Day is to see girls continuing sport and physical activity through high school. Alicia Quirk said, All I want for International Women's Day is for everyone to view female athletes as strong, independent, fit, successful, equal and courageous people. The same and no different to their male counterparts. And Caroline Martin, who we spoke about last weekend, who with her sister has qualified for taekwondo in the Rio Olympics. All I want for International Women's Day is for women's sport to be shown on TV instead of reruns of crappy reality cooking or renovation shows. That one's my personal favourite. So, before we finish this segment, a couple more quick shout outs. Um, For the first time, an Australian Indigenous women's cricket team has been selected to tour India. The team's going to be made up of 14 players who started the recent National Indigenous Cricket Championships in Alice Springs. Um, Good luck to the Townsville Fire and the Perth Lynx who are playing game one of the WNBL Grand Final Series this weekend on Saturday. I'm looking forward to having a chat about this on the podcast next week. So I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll come back and wrap up the NRL and then get ready to talk some touch football. Now let's have a quick chat about Rugby League as well. And can I just ask... Can you guys get in touch with me and let me know who has made the injury gods so unhappy? Because I don't think I've ever seen a round one and two so characterised by injury. So even though the Broncos were far too strong for the Warriors 25-10, I think that all anyone's going to be talking about are the injuries that came out of that game. So during that game, we lost Manu Vadavai. We also lost Corey Oates. Um, tremendously sorry to anyone who had Corey Oates in their super Coach team. Um, the, I think the question really is where to for the Warriors from here? Uh, everyone spoke about their recruitment during the off season, and with new faces like RTS and Isaac Luke joining them, it appeared that the sky was the limit. But I think it's going to take some time for those combinations to gel, if at all. And I think Sean Johnson is still really struggling following that ankle injury which crippled him last year. The Broncos are looking good. I don't think they're playing their best football yet, but it's still very early. Uh, Congratulations to them on another good win. Then we go to Thursday night, and we had the Canterbury Bulldogs defeating the Penrith Panthers 18-16. Now, if you'd asked me sort of 15 minutes into the game how I was feeling about my tip, which was the Bulldogs, I probably would have been a little bit nervous. Penworth was celebrating 50 years in the competition and they got off to a pretty good start, which saw them take a 12-0 lead after 11 minutes with tries to Peter Hiku and Sam McKendry. Uh, The game got pretty physical, actually, and turned into a battle of the forwards. We saw Tolman go pretty early and he failed to pass a concussion test, which saw him on the bench for the rest of the game. We also saw Graham put on report for a shoulder charge and we also saw Dave Clemmer put on report as well. Um, This game was also characterised by injuries. I think the Bulldogs made every possible error in the book in that first half. I was expecting the Bulldogs to run out of a change room without a door after the spray that I thought Desi was going to give them at half-time. But if I've sort of learnt anything um, from the Bulldogs over the years that I've been watching rugby league, it's that you never, ever write them off. Having flashbacks to 1998 when they came back from 18-2 to defeat Parramatta with 10 minutes to go in a preliminary final. So the second half was really characterised with those Bulldogs comebacks that um, we are all so used to seeing. Plenty of courage was shown by Josh Reynolds playing injured, and Moses Mumbai was really all-class for the Bulldogs. And I thought it was pretty fitting that he scored the try that drew the match. Uh, big congrats to Kerit Holland as well, who slotted the match winner on debut. Uh, what a magical way to end you know, a debut game for the youngster. Looking forward to tomorrow night's game between the Parramatta Eels and the Cowboys. Uh, I've tipped the Eels, but that might be me wearing my rosy-coloured glasses again. Most of all, I'm looking forward to seeing Kieran Foran and Corey Norman back in the blue and gold. Um, And I'm hopeful that our attack looks much better with the two of them leading the way. Uh, So that's it for a quick spiel on Rugby League. Um, And join me tomorrow as I podcast live from Coffs Harbour to cover all the action coming from Touch Football. Now as you all know I'm in Coffs Harbour for the weekend with my friends Touch Football for the National Touch League. Uh, This is Touch Football Australia's premier event and just as a snapshot there are 118 teams playing in 15 different divisions and they come from all across the country. Um, The NTL is in its fifth year this year and with 2,000 participants just keeps growing. So Touch is a sport that has become very dear to my heart, particularly with the announcement of the partnership between Touch Football and the NRL last year, which will bring over a million participants together playing in competitions under a joint NRL Touch Football banner. Now I want to take the opportunity to introduce you to one of my friends, Colm McGuire, who is the CEO of Touch Football. Hello, Thank Colm. You.
1: Glad to be here.
0: Thank you so much for coming and having a chat to me.
1: No problem. I've been here all week. <laughs>
0: So let's start from the beginning. How did you get involved in touch?
1: Oh wow, what a great question! Um, involvement in touch. I actually started playing when I was in the defence forces. So uh, joined the air force, and it's a big lunchtime activity for for people to participate and go down and run around and. Um, started off as, as being on the wing and, and have worked my way through from there and and have never looked back. So I think the social aspect and the friends, and, and I was just saying uh, before we went on air, I just bumped into one of my friends who wants me to make a comeback um, and he was one of the ones that introduced me to the game. So it's um it's uh, lifelong friendships. For Will sure. you
0: be making a comeback?
1: Oh, look, it's <laughs> tempting, but uh, this is one of those events that it's uh, a bit scary. Too many referees know who I am and... Uh, and uh, I do get a little bit concerned about people potentially making a name for themselves. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. I think that's one of my favourite things that I've experienced this weekend is how much of a community touch football is. Yeah. So it's pretty common to not only see, you know, brothers and sisters playing, sisters playing against each other, but mum's coaching, dad's coaching and people yeah. involved in all sorts of administrative responsibilities. Yeah, so I absolutely. I love that.
1: Oh, well, look, I'm a prime example, you know. Yeah. Um, my wife and I work together, but if I go out to what I do when I'm down the park... Uh, on Tuesday night I'm going to be playing in a grand final with my 10 year old and my 13 year old so um, there are people here that have taken that all the way through so um, you know the the English family is one that, I, that comes to mind you know mum and daughter are playing together in a T league game and dad's off running around playing in men's 45s and and their brother is actually one of our announcers here so it is an amazing community and really supportive and and again I think The biggest thing it does is test your knowledge of people's names when you're here because you do know everyone.
0: the other thing that I love about touch football is that in an environment where we're focusing so much on encouraging women and girls to yeah. continue playing sport, our touch is one of the best in terms of female participation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like we've got over three hundred fifty thousand women participating in our game, and that's just scratching the surface. I think if we actually had the capacity to know how many girls are playing at mm-hmm. primary schools or high schools, um, it's just an incredible game. And uh, you know, I was just off watching our our chair play in the mm-hmm. women's forties. Uh, I've Away from that game, and um, the ACT women's 40s are playing, and then work all the way back here to watch women's mm-hmm. 27. So, uh, we certainly provide that pathway uh, for ladies that take up the game all the way through to you know women's 40s here at a national level. Um, so, yeah, it's incredible.
0: It's been great to see. Now, can you tell us a little bit about the partnership between the NRL and Touch Football?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's one that's really dear to my heart. Um, I haven't started the discussions uh in 2011 it has taken some time to bring to fruition uh and i think uh for the sport to look back I, there's probably been 20 or 30 endeavors to actually even have that conversation mm-hmm. but execution's always been uh, an issue so i think uh the timing was right um the attitude of the people that wanted to get it done was right mm-hmm. and i think we've brought together two amazing sports um that complement complement each other so well so uh look the unenviable part that we have is that we're at the start line. Yeah. Um, it's the people that, that actually will be benefiting from it in 10 to 15 years' time that are going to get the true benefit. We're sort of learners at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's fantastic. The things that we're achieving together are incredible. The brand, if you look at it, is just is first class. And, and you walk around here and people are wearing it with pride. And mm-hmm. um, we had the, some research done about people that play touch football mm-hmm. and their fan avidity. So the fan avidity of touch footballers to rugby league is actually higher than a rugby league participant through rugby league oh, really? so I think that's just that long term ability of oh that's my opportunity to participate and we really want to build on that that mm-hmm. this is your opportunity to play NRL
0: absolutely and you've had some superstars come through touch oh, football yeah, absolutely
1: so, absolutely. You know, absolutely we've got
0: Matt Moylan in the recent ads yep. um, Sean Johnson is yep. a touch football boy
1: yeah absolutely Benji Marshall um, look and it would surprise you you know the, the names mm. that you can pull out you know Aidan Guerra like is Queensland he? representative Went um, all the way through. There's another great family. I coached his his brother. They all play together in Townsville. Mm-hmm. Like so, um, it's all shapes and sizes that have participated in our game and gone through to the elite level. Um, and still, some of them are out there. You know, I just watched Clicky Lions team get beaten in the semi final. Like so, he's playing men's fifties and played men's fifties for Australia. So mm-hmm. it's um, it certainly provides that opportunity to jump in and out of a pathway and play at a elite level still.
0: And what I also love is the work that the NRL clubs are doing with Touch yeah. Football as well. So yeah. the Gold Coast Titans, I hear, are really strong supporters. Yeah, And we've seen the Sharks as well partner with Taren Point Touch Football as well recently.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. And you, know, you walk around here and we've got the ACT Raiders. The Raiders mm-hmm. are doing a wonderful job um, with our ACT community. Um, and we're doing some fantastic work with the Storm currently. Um, But, you know, each and every club is doing something. Um, So, you know, I've met with the West Tigers. Um, They want to look at what they can do together with us. Uh, The Roosters do a wonderful job at local level, um, and I know uh, they had some plans to actually advance that as well. So, again, we're at the start line, and I certainly think that, that as we progress forward, Uh, we're going to have wonderful opportunities and and we're actually going to do some stuff with the Warriors uh, when we play the Trans-Tasman. So, you know, Jim Doyle's already committed to, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that we can work together um, to welcome our sport to New Zealand.
0: All good stuff ahead, it looks like. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Now, Exciting times. Back to
0: business. We've got the finals happening today. Yes, yes. So who is playing in the Elite Eight finals? The
1: Elite Eight finals. Well, semi-finals first and foremost. Yeah. So we're just about to get out there into the semi-finals. Um, So I think the Mets are, t- are one of the teams participating and the Broncos are the okay. are the other. That I think they're the ones that I tipped at the beginning of the week to make the finals. So if okay. we focus on who I think might make it, mm-hmm. I think those two teams are the ones to watch. Okay. Uh, but Queensland in the women's is dominant. So all three teams, Titans, Cowboys uh, and Broncos have made the finals and it's one Sydney Mets team basically standing alone at the top of the table. So um, it'll be a Queensland New Sounds South like Wales the NRL final at maybe. The moment, Queensland
0: yeah, domination. Yeah, exactly
1: right. And then when you get into the men's, um, the country team from Queensland has been absolutely first class all week and they'll take on the Mets in their semi-final Mm -hmm. uh, and then the country New South Wales team will take on um, the Titans in the other semi-final so who knows we could have an all country affair in um, in the men's final which was what I was tipping at the beginning of the week but I wouldn't be surprised if we have an all Queensland final.
0: I don't know whether I can get around that, but I'll yeah, be cheering yeah, from yeah, the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Cole, for, for having a My absolute pleasure,
1: and we're really um, glad that you could make it here. And, and certainly, uh, social media is going into meltdown with you and Lauren.
0: Fantastic! That's what I want to hear. Thanks, yep. Cole.
1: No problem. Thank you. Too too late. late.